everybody, pound that freaking like button, dude. You guys hear me? Oh, yeah. Mason's in the house. Oh, yeah, baby. I am on fire. I can talk about the fascist in Australia following the Chinese model, but that's not what tonight is about, is it? No, no. It's about Bitcoin, the complete opposite of the Chinese model that the Australians have accepted uh, just like sheep. I mean, it's sad. But anyway, Bitcoin is freedom. Australia is China. All right, let's do this thing. And I'm going to dox myself. I'm in the heart of freaking Texas right now, baby. And they are living life. You wouldn't know any of that nonsense is going on here. There's just so much going on here. And obviously I'm pumped. I'm screaming. But this is how I usually am anyway. So, oh yeah, time to talk some uh, some Bitcoin and everything. And it's a pleasure to be here. Hey, and uh, before we get fully into Bitcoin, you know, because obviously uh, Baltimore is a uh, part so I'm in Pittsburgh. Yes. Make you a Ravens fan? Well, I I saw your profile. I saw what you liked. I can I can tell you the uh, one one thing. I'm gonna obviously I'm a Ravens fan. I'm an Orioles fan. Um, I I don't remember 1979 or 1971. I've been I've been taught by my glorious father, may he rest in peace, about those years in baseball. But I do want to tell people that um, in 19 in 2016, uh, when Bitcoin was what seven hundred dollars. Or no, no, no. It was when I was in Vegas in, on September 11th of 2016 and that Colin Kaepernick stuff was going on. I told myself right then, I made a video. I said, I am not going to pay attention to the NFL anymore. The, only, the next Ravens game I will watch is when they're in the AFC title game. Instead, I will focus on Bitcoin. I think that was a pretty good idea. Most people in America, they the bread and circuses, as someone just uh, mentioned beforehand, they bought, they've been following the NFL and the political contest since 2016. That's been their freaking lives. You know what I've been doing? I've been buying and holding since then. So people can say I'm lucky. People can say I'm whatever. But no, I made a, a serious plan. I said, this is nonsense. Bitcoin is $600, $700. I'm sticking with the Bitcoin. And wow, has it has it paid off? Would I rather have a freaking Colin, Colin Copernac jersey now or to know all the rape? Because I used to know every single raven. I used to know every single thing about the NFL. And I have, I mean, I re, I mean, I was into Bitcoin back then pretty hardcore, but I I mean I turned it up a notch by giving up the freaking NFL. So anyone can do it. Um, and no one has an excuse not to do it. And yeah, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, they had that rivalry. They used to be the Cleveland and Pittsburgh rivalry. Whatever. I'm glad you're into Bitcoin and everything. And I advise everybody, you know, there are times for pastimes. It's cool. I mean, I still follow the Orioles pretty darn closely, even though they're horrible. And uh, But there's there's a time to get serious about your freaking life, too. And in 2016, I took it freaking up a notch. I bought a heck of a lot of Bitcoin that year. And now I am very well off. Yes. I mean, I don't work anymore. So we'll leave it at that. <laughs> I'm no, no, no. I want to. I want to say one thing. I am richer than many of the NFL players. So I mean, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Yeah, but we'll put it in even nicer. So we got people. We got people. We got guys who worship the Ravens. But I'm richer than the freaking Ravens. So let's because I did the right thing and didn't like cry like a baby about Colin Kaepernick and all that nonsense that was going on and buy into that mainstream narrative. Uh, and, and now Bitcoin has become more and more mainstream, which is which is great. Which is great. I hope. Yeah. Yes. And for them, the fan um, 
you know, they went over and like they said, like, hey, that's number six hundred. Can you, you know, maybe? And they were like, yeah, sure, we'll make some kind of deal, you know. And um, Tom Brady ended up giving him two season tickets to Buccaneers games for you know however long, um, like a thousand dollars in credit to the pro shop and a whole Bitcoin. Oh, I didn't hear about the Bitcoin part. I thought you were going to tell me about, you know, Tom Brady and his NFT business or whatever, which is, is that's his prerogative. I saw, I saw Tom Brady on an advertisement for, for some crypto company too. I mean, he's better than most celebrities. I mean, uh, uh, he knows, he knows Bitcoin at least, and he's, he's in the cryptocurrency. The rich get richer. So what? That's good for him. I think it's great. Anybody, just, just because the rich are getting richer, anyone can buy Bitcoin. Don't people let that intimidate them. Well, it's only the rich are getting rich. Look, Tom Brady's already set for life. It, it's passed me by. No, no. If you're in the freaking uh, Zimbabwe right now, you should be buying freaking Bitcoin. Of course, I was in Zimbabwe in 2016 and I told them to buy freaking Bitcoin. Um, so there, there's no excuses for anyone out there. Um, it's not a poor thing. It's not a rich thing. Any, but disintermediation it is anyone can get this darn thing. No one is is holding you back. And yeah, I'm glad Tom Brady uh, is. I, I'm shocked. I, I did not know he gave away a Bitcoin to that fan. And that was nice. And uh, it was nice to the fan uh, to not, you know, to, I guess, to give it up to him and everything. I mean, you could hold off for a lot more for, for, for some of these guys. But whatever, whatever. Sports is sports. Bitcoin is Bitcoin. And yes, Pittsburgh, Baltimore. Do your thing, man. I will say this. Pittsburgh is a much safer place than Baltimore. I, I, I avoid Baltimore like the plague now. It is a disgrace. I mean, they're like Australians there, the way they're just giving in to the government. I mean, it is just to be here in Texas. And I was in Miami beforehand. And I, it's just most people, there's such an East Coast bias in the United States of America that, th you know, that because the people in New York, the once great city in New York, because they're all a bunch of scared little girls. Because they're a bunch of scared little girls. Everybody thinks this is like everybody else should be scared. No, no. Most of the country, they don't, they're, they're just living their freaking lives, man. They're living their freaking lives. So um, it's a shame that people wasted one and a half of their years hiding under their beds. And then, you know, they, they cry that they're poor. I mean, again, on March the 12th and March the 13th of last year, when the whole world was supposedly falling apart and everything was crashing, I bought two Bitcoin. Total cost $10,000. Now, what, what's that word? And, and there's no excuse. Anyone else could have done it. But most people were like, oh, false, fa Professor Falsy, Leader Falsy, Leader Trump, wipe my tuchless for me. I'm so scared. You either, you you act when there's freaking blood in the streets. But here in America and all over the world, we have learned that most people are collectivists. Most people cannot think for themselves. And most people will do exactly what the government tells them to do. So most people will become Fed coin holders eventually and not opt into Bitcoin because they will believe what Never lies. The government says, they, they'll say, yeah, uh, the Bitcoin is for is for uh, insurrectionists. So half the country will be like, yes, Fedcoin is great. I can pay my taxes this way. Oh, it's it's so convenient. Uh, okay, well, that, that, that's that's another topic right there. But I'm, I'm trying to combine uh, current events into uh, cryptocurrency some way. So I, I've gone off on a lot of tangents there. So shoot away. Uh, what, what's going on? <laughs> so I love it. Bring the energy. And hey, anyone, if you want to come up, um, just, you know, request, uh, hit the request down in the corner, you know, we'll bring, uh, we'll bring you, you up, uh, to, to join the conversation. Um, but Luke, uh, go ahead. Do you have a question there? Or do you just, you were going to jump in and enjoy the, the energy? Oh, I was loving the energy. It's rare to find someone who brings that heat. It's fucking, it's amazing. Um, Adam, how long do you reckon, how long do you reckon the people are going to simply suck it up for? Is it five, 10, 15% inflation levels? When does the everyday person duck? <laughs> 
Oh, oh, beautiful question. It is called happyflation. I predicted a little less than a year ago the media would spin it that inflation was good. It was happyflation. And sure enough, they're already doing that. They're, they're saying it's good. It's happyflation. It's a good thing. It's a, it's a reason to support your government. And, you know, look how, how smart and how attentive and how knowledgeable the president is. He's so aware and awake. He He's brought on this great inflation for us. We should support him. If you're against happyflation, you're a, you're a traitor. You're, and so how long can they keep it up uh, for a, a, a big hunk of the population? For quite some time. I mean, it, it could go on and on and on and on as long as they have their big screen TVs and uh, their stuff. And we, it is so comfortable in the United States of America. And when you're having everything delivered to you, um, people say there's this wealth inequality and the poor. And, and why is it? Why is Elon Musk getting richer faster than me? No, 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 dude. The the comforts that, pe that the poorest of Americans have now, and the poorest of Australians have now, in the palm of their hands, they have these little computers that get them everything, which are phones. I mean, it is amazing the technology that has been brought on. So they will be comfortable. I mean, I just even here in Dallas, I see dudes just sitting on their front porch smoking weed, just looking at their phones. They don't care about inflation. I mean, they they got they're getting a government check. It's very entertaining to play video games on your phone all day and smoke weed. It's I, I think it is. I don't do amazing. By the way, people, I don't do drugs at all. I know it seems like I'm all coked up or whatever. It's This is really how I am. If you meet me in person, you'll see. This is unbelievably, I, I have this energy for real life without drugs or anything like that. But in in, in Australia, how long can they keep it up? I, I've just been, let me tell you something. Uh, what you don't know about me, I, I love Australia. I love the people of Australia. I was in Australia in 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, and I was going to be there in 2020 also. Um, I've been to the six large, the six most populated cities in Australia. Um, I, I, my plan was to go back there like every freaking year of my life because I love going there. I, my, my whole lifestyle is I don't have a home anymore. I just go from one Airbnb into another. I mean, thank you, Bitcoin, obviously for that, but, um, anyone can do that. But, but, and, and then we had this horrible lockdown and, and, and all this, and, and I could not believe that Australia took it to the level that they took it. Now, part of the reason they can take it to that level is because there's no Second Amendment there and they don't fear, fear the people uh, rebelling against them. That's the glory of the United – but there's just – I guess there's not a true understanding of what true freedom is there. So unfortunately in Australia, I think that the, the horrible leaders there uh, will, will be able to – I mean print as much – any Canada, it's – well, I don't know about Canada. But, but yeah, they'll, they'll be able to get away with the inflation for quite some time in Australia and it really seems like uh, – I mean, there's some people behind the scenes in Australia who enjoy the Chinese model, who think if they embrace whatever China does, that perhaps they'll get good business with them and that that'll be good for the country. Now, you can feel good about yourselves because it's worse in New Zealand and, and the, the person in charge of New Zealand is a, is like a, a, a disgrace to the 10th power compared to the, the people in charge of Australia. But uh, still, it's pretty bad. I mean, she just admitted that she wants two different classes of people. <laughs> I mean, that that's more like Germany of the 1940s. That that's That's worse than China now. Well, I mean, China obviously has many similarities to, to uh, it's fascist, like uh, the, the Germany of the, uh, and it's just amazing how many people their entire lives railed against fascism. And now they, that fa fascism creeps into their, their countries, they openly embrace it. And the prime minister of New Zealand, uh, I mean, she's a fascist, I mean, she's admitting it. And they have, they don't have guns there either. Um, it, that's, a, it's, that's an awesome, beautiful country too. I, I really enjoyed my time there, but I mean, I just, I, you don't know until the until the S hits the fan how the people react. 
And I got to say, the United States has the best freaking setup with 50 different experiments. So sure, there's some states that are just totally out of their minds. But there's some states like Texas and Florida where the people are, for various reasons, are going in complete different directions than other states. And so there, there can't be this federal mandate to go, you know, full fascist because states will, I mean, if worse comes to worse, secede. I don't think it, will, it won't come to that because there's just a balance. And the way the United States is set up um, in terms of, of being uh, put together as a country uh, has really, really helped it during this uh, last one and a half years. And I would be, I would, ra I would not want to be anywhere else but the United States during these last one and a half years. And that's all I've been in. I've only been in the United States. I wish I could leave the country, but I am not leaving the country because I want to get back in the country and I'm not going any place where I got to quarantine for two weeks or where anyone's going to shove anything up my nose and, and violate me. It's a it's 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 unbelievable. All these uh, yuppie parents, they let their kids be violated. They let things be shoved up their nose. It's the it's it's very similar to having something shoved up your backside. It, it's a complete violation of a child. I, I just can't believe I don't have children, but I, I can't believe I have nieces and nephews. But it, it's sickening that, that it, it's, it's amazing. And this is all started with the Chinese model. You know, for, for the good of the country, for the good of the country, we must uh, shove things off children's noses so some 80-year-old won't die. And then we, we, you have to give up your business for the good of the country so some 90-year-old won't die. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. But in the United States, we are holding strong. And uh, so that, that's my long answer. Um, so, yeah, if, if people are willing to let their kids be violated, of course, they're they're going to be willing to accept the inflation uh, for a very long time and stick with the Fed coins. So the, the Fed coin debuts, they haven't happened yet, but they will be grand and glorious. And, oh, my God, the celebration that will go on in the mainstream media. And uh, the, the question is, will how much will Bitcoin be mentioned during these uh, glorifications of the Fed coins? Uh, that that are yet to come, and, and I mean that's something we can discuss. Um, uh, will they just totally ignore Bitcoin, or will or will they really attack? Or will they use this as a an attempt to attack Bitcoin? Because in a sense, if the Fed coin just works on its own, why even talk about Bitcoin? Why not just take more power away from the people, be able to monitor the people, be able to tax the people, negative interest rates? Why even bring up Bitcoin? Why even notify them about it? But I mean that that's something we're we're going to see in the future, and and maybe they'll be different from country to country. Um, well, in China, obviously they're going to vilify Bitcoin. They've they've already decided to go that route. But I mean, I, I'm talking about once free countries like Canada and Australia. Um, you know, will will they when they debut their Fed coins, will they still mention Bitcoin is bad, or will they just forget about it and be happy that everybody is just following their lead? So that that that's something we can discuss. Yeah, I think I mean. Part of me wonders if they have been running all this FUD against Bitcoin. I mean, they've been doing it anyway, so they would do it no matter what. Um, but is this FUD, you know, like their test to see, like, you know, should we, you know, like FUD Bitcoin whenever the Fed coin comes out, or should we ignore it? Um, and they're probably saying that they should. I don't know. Maybe they. I mean, if you're looking at it from the perspective, you're trying to, you know, look at the argument from their, from their point of view, and they want the Fed coin to exist. What's the best case scenario? What do you do in order to make that? Do you ignore Bitcoin, or do you, or do you try and, you know, stomp it out? I mean, I don't think you can do either. Well, you, you, they can't stomp it out. That's one thing. But the, it, it's it's a very valid question. Will they just? FUD it even more. Take, take, take. So it might be right now it is a test. Perhaps some, some countries are testing it. Like, well, how much uh, FUD can we get away with? And will we need to do this later on? Um, but uh, there's no way they can stop it. 
And uh, I, I mean, we're just we just have to wait to, and see. For me, I'm, it's just like me. It's just like watching a movie. I've already set myself up for this a long time ago. I've opted in the Bitcoin. I'm not going to play around with Fedcoin. Um, it is it is a disgusting thing. I mean, the way they will be able to monitor you uh, and, and just the social credit score that they'll be able to do that they say they're not going to do. And, and you better believe they're going to do it in Australia. Will they Will they take it to the same level in the United States? I don't know. But China, they're doing it, obviously, and Australia follows everything that China does now. So yeah, um, but if Australia does it, then why not another Western nation make it a part of the social credit score also? But uh, we, we'll have to wait and see if they do fund Bitcoin. But it is, it is in, and take it up a notch or just... Uh, just ignore it. But I mean, I, I would like to hear other, if anyone else thinks uh, what, what, what the policy, if I was in charge, if I was, you know, one of these horrible sociopaths in charge, I would just uh, not talk about Bitcoin at all and just get as many 80 percenters to follow the FedCoin line and pretend like Bitcoin didn't exist and just talk about how great FedCoin is and that you're a terrorist if you don't use it and you're not loyal to America if, if you don't use it. And that probably would, would work it. Because if you start mentioning Bitcoin, it just, it'll wake up it might wake up too many people. And again, for Bitcoin to be successful, I want to remind this because there's a lot of people that differ from me on this opinion. Some people think Bitcoin has to become the uh, world reserve currency. I don't think that's ever going to happen. I don't think that. I, don't think, I think uh, the dollar will remain the world reserve currency for quite some time. Most people will do what they're told. We have seen that for a while. And for Bitcoin to be successful, I, I think, uh, you know, 10% of the world uses Bitcoin. I think that it'll be a raging freaking success if that's the case. And if it's 20%, it'll be even be bigger. But I, I mean, it might not even end up the majority of the people of the world might not use Bitcoin. They, these Fed coins might be that convenient and they might have that much of a freaking slave mentality that they'll just do whatever their leaders tell them. And we, to, to one in less one and a half years, we've definitely seen a freaking slave mentality in every single country on this planet. I love how you mentioned the 80% are probably just going to keep going and doing what they're doing. Um, I'm not sure if you've stumbled across laser hobby's thesis with the whole great reset and the, the plan to export the Chinese social credit score to every Western country around the world. That's kind of my thinking as well. I'm thinking that they're going to get their great reset because 70, uh, probably 60 to 70% of the population are just going to bend over for it. They're just going to take the Fed coin. They're just going to, um, they're just going to have their social credit score. They're just going to happily be tracked and monitored everywhere. I'm just curious how long they're stuck in that system for um, before they see the Bitcoin number go up. That's that's kind of where I'm stuck. I don't know if that's a one year process, a five year process, a ten year process. Um, what do you think of? What's the exact question? When when do I think people will wake up to Bitcoin? It, 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 during this uh, Build Back Better process, that 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 there'll, there'll be a big shift from Build Back Better to Bitcoin. Is that the question? Yeah, I think people are going to happily use these CBDCs and yeah. have a social credit score for a few years before coming to Bitcoin. I just don't know how long that transition process is going to be. Well, it's only going to be, but there'll be some that'll stop. Hmm. Uh, well, we, we, again, I don't think it'll be that large of a percentage of people that will make the switch. How long will it take the people on the fence to actually make the switch? Um, well, th there could be, there would have to be another black swan of some sort. I think that there'd be some trigger. I don't think it'll be a gradual thing. I think there'd be, maybe there'll be another virus. Maybe there'll be something else that'd be like, why, why is this happening again? Why, what's going on? And why is the Bitcoin number still going up? Why? 
what is this Bitcoin overlay? What are, I mean, there's another option out there. I, I, I don't, that, that, that's very hard to predict. I mean, I'm more into the general prediction that we have already reached a stage where I, I just don't see, I mean, that many more people waking up to Bitcoin in the next year. Um, I, I think it's going to take something more. I mean, th there's waking up to Bitcoin and then there's waking up to like gambling. Like you were talking about that Australians love to gamble and everything like this. So there is a main, the mainstream is very happy to cover Shiba coin. Okay. Like on Twitter right now, I mean, that's what's trending and stuff. The Shiba thing, which is like total nonsense. And so you get a lot of people buying some cryptocurrency, but have they really changed their lives at all by owning Shiba? Are they going to still be uh, Fed coin holders? Yes. Yes, they are. I mean, these are the same people who ask me like, well, why shouldn't I keep my, my Bitcoin at Coinbase? What are you talking about? Well, why shouldn't I keep my Bitcoin at an exchange? Why shouldn't I keep my Shiba at an exchange? I don't, well, It's safe there. It's very safe there. So uh, there's going to be there's going to be a crossover also between those who use Fedcoin and those who just happen to have Bitcoin for gambling or, or, or altcoins for gambling and stuff. Um, but just a change of the philosophy of people, a philosophical change can only be I, I think there'll be some people that will that are on the fence that'll gradually do it. I really can't predict how long it'll take them, one to two years, but not that many more. But if there's something big that happens, something that we cannot predict, just like we couldn't predict this, um, that 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 will uh that will definitely accelerate it quite a bit. So uh, I, I hope that answered the question. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, uh, if we were talking, Luke and I were just doing like a rip earlier today about hyperinflation. And we're like, I think, unfortunately, you know, not many people are going to wake up, up to the hyperinflation or the fact that they should have switched to Bitcoin until it's after. You know, like they, they have a very short period of time here to get in and, and um, get ahead of it. You know, they can join in a couple of years. It's just, this is the chance. This is the opportunity to, this is the escape hatch. You know, the, the movie theater is on fire and there's, you know, not many people know about it. They're all still sitting there watching their movie, just shoving their face full of, you know, chocolate, and, you know, diabetes. And, um, you know, they're just, uh, they're just waiting. They're going to find out all of a sudden, oh shit, it's getting hot. I got to get the fuck out of here. Um, <laughs> But, I mean, that's another, it's a very interesting point. You talk about the hyperinflation. I don't think the dollar is going to be hyperinflated. I, I don't think it's going to fall. Again, I, I know this is a different take than, than a lot of Bitcoiners have. I just, people believe in it nonstop because they're told to believe in it. I mean, I've traveled around the world. I mean, in Argentina, back in 2018, they'd rather take my dollars than take my pesos. Uh, back then, I paid for a bus with a freaking, uh, well, it was a bus to the airport. But nonetheless, um, there is part of hyperinflation is, is psychological. It's a complete loss of faith in the currency that it is nothing but trash, okay? And I do not think the dollar will be hyperinflated. I think we're gonna ha we're having major inflation. There's no doubt about it. So you're most people will never wake up to that. I, I agree with that. And thus, it will be too late. They become more and more government slaves and, and more just intertwined with, you know, having to get a, a universal basic income. Now, in, in, in other countries, there will be hyperinflation in other countries. There will be. And yeah, those dudes will, uh, obviously, it's going to be much too late. I mean, that's how it is most of the time. In Zimbabwe and Venezuela, most of the people were much too late. I mean, there are many Venezuelans already into Bitcoin. I mean, I've been having Venezuelans on my show since 2016. So, uh, I mean... 
there's just a, the majority of people do not act. I mean, it's 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 hard to act. Most people are trees, I say, and that's one of my sayings. Besides, pound that freaking like button is be in motion. You got to be in motion. You got to be able to pivot. You got to be able to change. In the United States, most people aren't willing to leave their hometowns. It's really embarrassing. They want the government to come uh, uh, give incentives for a factory to be built in their hometown. No, dude, if you can't get a job in your uh, your hometown, it's not my responsibility to, to, to pay some private company to open up a, a freaking uh, a factory in your town. Go move. There are options that are out there. So it's if your currency is being debased, it's all over the news. It's so obvious. It's going on for years and years. All these programs are being proposed, trillion-dollar programs, unheard of. I mean, it's, it's your fault if you don't prepare. But most people will not prepare. And uh, so uh, it... I mean, it will be sad to see in some of these very, in some first world countries that, I mean, it probably be in, I don't know, I can't make, I don't, I don't make predictions in terms of specifics, but there'll be some pretty relatively comfortable com countries now that have their own currencies that are going to, that are going to have hyper, something like hyperinflation. And yeah, those people, that'll be really horrible uh, for the people that didn't get into Bitcoin because they, they had a they had a comfortable life beforehand, and it's go, it's going to go down the tubes. And who knows what that could bring? What type of social unrest that can bring? I hope it doesn't happen. But I mean, I mean, like South Africa, South Africa for instance, it's you know it's got its problems. They will have something close to hyperinflation eventually. I mean, it, it's ridiculous their, their policies that they have, the printing of the rand. If they if they continue on 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 what they're doing, and they they and they should know better than anyone. They share a freaking border with Zimbabwe, but they're gonna go they're gonna go Zimbabwe over there. Uh, I mean, within ten years probably, if they continue what they're doing. And the beautiful why I bring up. South Africa is because I've been going to South Africa since 2015 to Bitcoin conferences right there. And many people in South Africa have prepared, quite a few. I mean, so it's out there. So we, we, we hear this FUD about how Bitcoin is only for first world countries and this, that, and the other. And it's not for developing countries. And it's only for, it's not for people of color. I mean, it's been out there. They've had the option since 2015. I was in, when I was in Zimbabwe in 2017, there was an, an American ragging on Bitcoin there. Just telling me how, oh, everybody missed out. It's only for rich people like Roger Ver. Roger Ver owns so much Bitcoin, blah, blah. And Bitcoin was $600 freaking dollars when this dude was telling me about it. And he was already saying that, you know, poor people of Africa were, were phased out. Hey, poor people of Africa would have bought some Bitcoin back when they would have 100x their freaking money then. So that, that's another thing. It's never too late. Um, but some people are going to be in horrible financial situations because they believe the government lines. They believe this woke nonsense that everything is somebody else's fault and you can't change your path. Um, Bitcoin is the anti-woke, but you have to, yeah, you have to actually do it. You can't just philosophically talk about, I mean, there's all these technical gurus who love to talk about the, the intricacies of Bitcoin and why it might fail and why this other altcoin, dude, just do it like freaking Michael Jordan. Okay. The more you talk, the more you waste time. Uh, and some of these guys are geniuses and they end up, they've been talking this talk about Bitcoin. Like, Ooh, well, there could be this technical problem with it and it doesn't fulfill this aspect of the prisoner's dilemma. Who knows what they come up with? And they they have fun staying poor, I guess. I mean, it, it's it's unbelievable. So in motion, people, be in motion. This It's not just about studying this and talking about the technical aspects. You, you actually got to own it to make a difference in your life. 
You could be a, you could be a, a have a doctorate in Bitcoin and own no Bitcoin. That that ain't gonna do you no well, man. That's not gonna do you no well when a, a hyperinflation comes to your uh, borderline country. Hey, uh, Matt, welcome up to the stage. Uh, do you have a question? And yeah, I'm just quite interested in the um, Bitcoin space itself. Um, I'm just wondering, you know, from you know what 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 exactly is Bitcoin? You know, I'm not really well versed on the technical side or you know the news or the media following all this Bitcoin stuff. You know, I'm just coming into this space quite new. I'm just wondering, you know, what, what, how does Bitcoin help me, and what 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 exactly is Bitcoin? It's well, I'm going to give a really brief one and then someone take over technically for me. It's digital currency that no country controls. So it can't be inflated. It's unconfiscatable. It's uncensorable and it's uninflatable. And every other currency out there, it could be uh, confiscated from you. It can be infl they all get inflated away and uh, it, and uh, they, they are they're censorable, too, in, in the sense that if you try to send your. Uh, you try to wire a U.S. dollar to someone in Iran that they consider a terrorist, uh, it will be – it won't get to them. It, it can be censored. It can be stopped. Um, Bitcoin, they cannot stop it um, if, if you do it correctly. So someone take over for the technical aspects. Uh, I, I, I gave some, some real basics there. but uh, um, uh, Technically, I am not – great with this because I will admit, so my podcast is called Bitcoin Made Simple, but I'm not the one that makes it simple for other people. It's, I invite hosts or a guest to come on and I ask them questions with my smooth brain and, um, and get the technical answers. But, um, you know, I, the, I think like on a simple way, like it's, you know, if you look at the blockchain, basically what it is, is it's a, it's a ledger, it's a bank ledger that everyone can, um, that everyone can see and everyone can verify and it's immutable. It's immutable truth. It's immutable money that the government can never you know, confiscate. They can never take, they can never stop you from using it. Um, one of the beauties of Bitcoin is that you can walk, you can, you can leave your country and transfer to a different country. You can, like you could fly to, from Australia to you know Mexico with the number, with the uh, 24 word seed phrase in your head. And transfer all your wealth with you. You don't have to carry gold bars. You don't have to do anything with wires or anything like that. So, um, you know, that's kind of on a simple level. I mean, Luke or Jonathan, do you guys have more technical expertise on, on how Bitcoin works from that aspect? I definitely don't bring any uh, technical expertise, uh, but I'll have to take a stab at it. Uh, Matt, good to see you in spaces, brother. Um, I just kind of from a technical standpoint, the, what, the reason you can't change Bitcoin is because it's the first monetary system that's actually decentralized. We've never had a form of money that's actually decentralized and governments cannot stop. I think Adam crushed it earlier. Nobody can change it. It's censorship resistant. Nobody can stop transactions. And that's because the 200,000 nodes around the world ran by us crazy Bitcoin maximalists with laid eyes on Twitter who enforce the rules of Bitcoin. And we say, no, you cannot change the rules of Bitcoin. The only way you're going to try and push a change through is you need to convince, what is it, 90% of us to agree to change the rules? And we're not going to change the rules. So that's why technically Bitcoin can't be changed. There's 200,000 of us around the world that are going to say, no, the Bitcoin rules are not going to change. We don't accept rules in this monetary system. So really simply, just a monetary system that nobody can control. There's 21 million Bitcoins. Nobody 
sure that's a good answer from a technical aspect, but that's Bitcoin. What happens if governments want to, you know, eventually say if I was to buy a ton of Bitcoin and then 10 years down the line, you know, they decided to really hammer down on it and they want to tax me and start doing all that sort of jargon. Well, how, how do I go about that? Do I, do I want to take another stab at it? You've got, you got a few different options. Um, so I think uh, Lightning Network is probably a, an option. Once you're on the Lightning Network, I don't think the government can see what you're doing once you're on there. Uh, another option is potentially uh, CoinJoin. Uh, you could you could use your CoinJoin and you know try to say, no, no, that's, that's not my Bitcoin. That's not my Bitcoin. And governments are a little bit, uh, the chain analysis firms, uh, cannot track where your Bitcoin goes once you use a coin join transaction, uh, which is kind of a little bit high level and a little bit too complicated for my smooth brain. But um, essentially, it's just a transaction where you have 10 other people that all come together. Uh, one way to think about it is kind of like mixing, but it's not really mixing. Uh, but you've got 10 people that come together and make a transaction together. And then um, with equal sizes of the transactions, so say one Bitcoin each, and then on the other side of it, all of those 10 people uh, also get the one trend, the one point each out of it. And the governments aren't sure who owns what or who swapped their Bitcoins with somebody else. Um, I'm sure somebody could do a better a better description of what coin joins are, kind of butcher that. But there are lots of options. So Lightning and coin joins. Uh, I, I, I want to I add, uh, well, uh, yeah, the, the, the coin joining is just a way to... Uh, totally not trace your, your Bitcoin and it uh, apparently it works. Um, and uh, so, but in terms of it, the government making Bitcoin illegal or the government like super taxing Bitcoin, some governments are going to go that way and they're going to be somewhat successful with it because most people purchase their Bitcoin, uh, you know, from a, a pretty public uh, place, you know, be Coinbase or the equivalent of Coinbase within their country. But this is the thing. There's a, there's a lot of different countries on this planet, okay? And already we got El Salvador that's very Bitcoin friendly. Um, and we got here in the United States, we have 50 different states. If one if one state, one country, if a bunch of countries try to do something for big, you know, bad for Bitcoin, whether it tax it or make it illegal, other ones will benefit financially if they don't tax it or don't tax it as much or they don't make it illegal. Uh, so... Uh, there, there, there's competition between countries. We, it's not a one-world government yet. Definitely, that's another reason I'm so pleased that that the Texas and Florida, you know, have, have stood up. And not a coincidence, both Texas and Florida are very friendly toward Bitcoin, also. And uh, and again, Wyoming is is is, is all very very friendly toward uh, toward Bitcoin. So I don't worry about you know governments uh, making it, uh, it, it making it illegal. And, you know, what we were talking about before, like, they're going to get their Fed coin. They're going to be able to get very wealthy off of uh, and, and much more power and control by making their own digital currency that's very convenient for the, for the normies, okay? So that they're, they, why why mess with Bitcoin at that point? Now, some will mess with Bitcoin at that point. We're, we're just going to have to live it and, uh, and see it. But I am, if your country makes Bitcoin illegal, then get the heck out of your country. I mean, get to the United States, get 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 where it's legal and people will vote with their feet. Um, but uh, right now, Western countries 
have been pretty okay toward Bitcoin in terms of tax. I mean, the tax regimes in, in certain countries are better than the United States uh, uh, is toward Bitcoin right now. Um, it's it's still there's there's not everything's been clarified in the United States in terms of the tax regime. But uh, and, and another thing you got to remember that there's two superpowers now in, in the world: the United States and uh, China. And right now, China has totally gone in a making Bitcoin illegal direction. And so if the United States went in that direction, people would say, you're just following China. So they're, at a certain level, it's in the United States' best patriotic um, you know, benefit for it to just do the opposite of China, not to say, hey, we're better than China because we're allowing Bitcoin. We're not, we're not scared of Bitcoin. So I, I, the, the, one axis has already gone in a certain direction. Now, sadly, as mentioned beforehand, there's a lot of once what I thought were Western countries that are following China with other models. So, so you, never, you never know what Australia is going to end up doing is, is basically what I'm saying. But I, I am not a person who worries about it, making it illegal. And uh, yes, as, as Luke said, there's ways of making it more, um, if need be, making it anonymous. And there are people working on uh, second level uh, solutions to make Bitcoin more anonymous. And uh, if, 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 if the United States did start to talk about making it illegal, work on that would speed up incredibly, you know, to, 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 to get around that. The, these people that are into Bitcoin, they see a problem. And then they start they start working on it to, to fix it, you know, to 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 get around the government uh, the government mandate. So I, I I'm very confident in uh, it, whatever what I have been in this thing since 2013. I bought my first two Bitcoin in 2013. I've seen a lot of fud uh, thrown at Bitcoin, and it keeps on it keeps on chugging along. They said it would go to zero. They said that China would shut it down with the mining. Uh, they, they said that it would uh, that be that that the new one was going to fork off that was better that this coin was better this that coin was better it it meets all challenges so it, I I've heard it's going to be made illegal for basically eight years what happens if the U it, it hasn't happened yet so uh, if it does solutions will be found hey Matt those are some really good questions uh, let me let me just add uh, something here. Um, Great. I mean, Luke and, and Adam, I think, uh, answered that very well. Uh, I think very simply put, uh, Bitcoin is the separation of money from state. And I think if you if you just take a step back and ask yourself, what is money? Um, and, you, you know, we have a bit of a recency bias. I mean, if you look at the current fiat system, um, it's only, I mean, really 40 to 50 years old, right? Um, you know, 50 years ago, the U.S. dollar was pegged to gold. And then in 1971, uh, you know, the, the U.S. government decided to, to end that. So, and then if you go back before that, right, I mean, before dollars, you had basically gold. And then you had, you know, before that, people were trading <laughs> with, with shells, uh, seashells. So, I mean, it's Bitcoin is, is really much the, like, it's pretty much the evolution of money, right? This is the next, the next stage. And, and uh, you know, so far, I mean, governments have, have controlled the, the, the flow of money around the world. Uh, central banks, and now now you're basically seeing, uh, you know, the, the people uh, take back that power, uh, which, you know, obviously is, is a big, you know, probably one of the biggest revolutions that we're, we're going to see in the history of, of mankind, so this, this is a big one, but to answer your other question about, you know, governments, I think we're also, you know, there's a lot of Bitcoiners, we, we tend to assume that most people in government are anti-Bitcoin, 
Um, I think there are a lot of people within different governments around the world that are actually uh, starting to understand what Bitcoin is. And I mean, they're at the end of the day, they're human, right? Like they, they want it. If they can park their money somewhere where it's going to, you know, return a good yield or it's going to be a good investment over time uh, versus, you know, parking their money in bonds or, or equities or, or dollars, they're, they're going to make that choice. And they're not obviously they're not going to push policies that are going to be, you know, that, that are going to go against their, their investments. Um, so I, I think, again, coming back to game theory, uh, you know, we, we, have, we can't make that assumption that everyone in government is, is anti-Bitcoin. Um, just like we see different states, different countries, you know, some are more for, some are more against. Uh, the same thing is happening within actual governments uh, where, you, you know, you're starting to see some politicians speak very highly about Bitcoin. And then, of course, you have, you know, other politicians who, who you know, who are against it and, and want nothing to do with it. So. And, you know, look, I mean, the financial is a good example of that, right? You have a guy like Jamie Dimon who doesn't really understand Bitcoin and it still, you know, comes out and, and makes all these negative, you know, comments about Bitcoin. And then you have people like Ray Dalio who was, you know, maybe five years ago didn't really believe in Bitcoin and now is starting to warm up to to how it solves a lot of issues uh, in the current monetary system. So I think game theory is, is also an important factor here. Uh, Trinity, go ahead. Hello. Uh, thank you for having me on. Uh, Adam, I have seen your podcast on YouTube, and um, I'm, I'm happy I get to catch you here. And so I had a question. If you had to do it all over again, would you be a person that practices OPSEC? Like, like would you not have a podcast, not, uh, you know, not be a person that, that people know is like um, an OG having Bitcoin, or would you say it hasn't affected your life? Because uh, the the this is my first year, and I talk to my family and friends. But the further I go down the rabbit hole and understand what really Bitcoin is, and to your point, not everybody's going to get on board. And I still would like the people I love to hold hard money, but the less I learn, I mean, the more I learn about it, the less. I'm interested in evangelizing to like strangers or the cashier and things like that. So my question is about OPSEC. Do you feel, you know, you would do it all the same or do you feel like you would just be a, an anonymous person? Thank you. That is a great question. And there's two different pieces of it. Um, I would improve uh, my storage of the Bitcoin and my listing of addresses publicly and, uh, you know, maybe where I got it from and, uh, just, uh, I, I would have gone about, uh, yeah, I, I would have, in terms of buying and storage and, 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 and making certain addresses public, certain ones, I, I made, there were mistakes along the way. De definitely some mistakes that, uh, cannot be undone. And, uh, if someone, I mean, if <laughs> there was a time there, there was, there was someone on one of my YouTube shows. I'm not even going to say when it was. Somebody basically figured out almost like how many I had. I mean, it was it was unbelievable. So I made some uh, some address mistakes and, and publicly listing it. So that that's a really important OPSEC thing, you know. That's a, but in terms of being a, a, a public figure and you know preaching it, I I I, I wouldn't have changed anything at all. Um, be, be, because it's, I, I, you, know, you meet a lot of people this way 
And I love meeting people face to face and, and, you know, being Adam Meister and, uh, you know, and, and just showing that I'm the same guy in person as I am on the, uh, on the internet and everything. And, uh, I'm a, I'm a social guy. I'm, I'm definitely a social guy. So I would, I would have not, I wouldn't have had an anonymous name or not shown my face. I would have done that all the same, but there, there's a lot of things I would have done differently in terms of, uh, so I, I, if you haven't bought your first Bitcoin yet, uh, and, and just, you know, be as private as possible about buying the Bitcoin and, uh, definitely, and, you know, there was like, there was a time I said that on one show a long time ago, I said how many Bitcoin I had and, you know, doing things like that, that I would not do again. <laughs> that, that was, uh, that was a little ridiculous and, uh. But, but, but in terms of just being, I, I, I want to be me. I, I'm, I'm proud of myself. I'm proud. I'm proud that I got into this early. And I think it sets an example that, hey, you know, I, I was just a, a dude in Baltimore being a crazy partier in Baltimore. And I turned it into like uh, a complete lifestyle change of just traveling the world and talking about this uh, magical internet money. Uh, so, and I, I want to inspire other people to, to talk to their friends and to, to, to get out there and, and because Bitcoin does need marketing. Um, but if you are uncomfortable about being public, then you, you don't be, you know, you, you, you can just hide your face and everything. There's nothing wrong with that. There is nothing. Everybody is different. Not everybody is as social as, and, and people have jobs. I mean, I've been work, I've been working for myself longer than, you know, I've owned Bitcoin for. So I couldn't get canceled or fired, you know, for the videos that I made. So, I mean, I was, I was also in a, in a unique, uh, position there where, where I already worked for myself. You know, I encourage people to get into the position that I was in then to, you know, get enough economic freedom. So you don't have to worry about being canceled or fired by your boss or, or whatever. But I, that, that's, that's an excellent question. And, uh, so it, it's, there's definitely two prongs to it. And, but I would just, there would still be the Bitcoin Meister uh, no, no matter what, but you, you just, no one would be able to figure out how many Bitcoin the Bitcoin Meister had. <laughs> that, that, that would be a, a big difference had I, to, if, if I had to do things over I again. And, and, and I'm not, I'm not um, anonymous. This uh, is just a meme that Yellow made for me. But the reason I ask is my mom has gotten me four Bitcoin shirts. And I was walking in my neighborhood and someone actually asked me about Bitcoin because of the clothing that she keeps buying me. But thank you. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Your mom is doing a good thing there. I mean, that, that's what the t-shirts are really for. I have like over, like, I don't know. I, I've been given like over 60 t-shirts. And if, I mean, you see, if people watch my shows, I wear like a different one every single darn day. And, and that I, I wish people would ask me about Bitcoin. When I would, a few people have, uh, there's a guy at the TSA, you know, that was patting me down. I, I had my uh, Bitcoin shirt on. He asked me about it. So uh, that that's a little bit of marketing people can do. And you're, you're still somewhat a not, I mean, if you wear a Bitcoin shirt and just people stop you on the street they don't know who you are they don't know your name or anything like that so that's a that's a great way of big so i think your mom's doing a great thing get get your bitcoin bitcoin t-shirts good job mom good job good job shout out to adam meister the bitcoin meister <laughs> i'll tell you what adam meister has has uh has saved me a lot of money because back in the day i used to think i could time the market and then I think it was late 2013 into 2014 when I started paying attention to Adam Meister and gave up on all the, the altcoins and all the trading and trying to time the Bitcoin market and all this nonsense and just started buying and holding Bitcoin. And I'll tell you, it's still early, Adam. You said you were early. It's still early right now. 
And so I think a small fraction of people around the world are in Bitcoin, maybe 1% total out of like 6 billion people that have phones or whatever the number is. And so I think everybody is still really early. Fun times. I'm just, I'm just saying, hey, folks, stack, stack Bitcoin as fast as you can. This is a race at this point to get as much as you can. Stack it up and have it at different addresses. You, you spread it around a little bit. You do a little security. You know, study up on all that. But bottom line is, just stack it. Just get, just get yourself some Bitcoin. Get yourself a good stream of income and plow as much of that as you can into Bitcoin. That's what I'm doing, and so um, I, I think it's a I think it's a good play. And I'd like to hear Adam's comments on that. Well, first of all, when Craig Ship is in the house, you know it's time to freaking party. He brings the hottest ladies to the freaking party. If anyone's ever seen uh, the the hula hoop uh, da dancing uh, Bree. It, the, on Twitter, he—that's a friend of his. That's a—he makes those videos. I have met. Talking about OPSEC, Craig has met me in person. He's at an undisclosed location, but an undisclosed location that I have been to before. And he brings up the point that yeah, it's still early. But dude, I was hanging out with Craig Ship in 2017 at his undisclosed location, and it was super early then because once Michael Saylor bought Bitcoin. Uh, for a MicroStrategy in, uh, well, it's been a little, 14 months ago, whenever it was, 11, 13 months ago, um, it, we weren't super early anymore. Uh, that when a, when Fortune, uh, when, when publicly traded companies are put, putting it in their treasury, it's not super early anymore, but it is still early. I mean, you, you got to make one of those, uh, one of those uh, graphs, uh, like the, the, the IQ graph there, okay? We're, we're, we're the bell curve. <laughs> We, we were at the, before Michael Saylor bought the, the, the Bitcoin, we were still super early. Now, now it's, it's, but it's still early. You, you still have a chance as Craig has mentioned. I mean, again, I knew Craig. He, he remembers when I was telling people just buy 21 of them, buy 20. And again, if you bought 21 of them, like people did, you would be a millionaire now. And it was much easier to buy 21 when I was saying to buy 21 when they were like $400 or, or whatever. But uh, yeah, it's, and, and to, to not get this, you know, I, I call it the altcoin flavor of the month. Most people who are new to the space, they see all these, they don't understand that these things come and go. I have seen so many altcoin flavors of the month come and go. The top 10 uh, from 2013 to now on coin market cap, it changes all the time. You're, you, you, they're telling you that IOTA. There was a time IOTA was going to be, do any of you even know what IOTA is now? Probably not. I mean, it's, it's a nonsense coin, okay? Uh, you know, Dash, so many of these things. You, There are so many shiny distractions out there. You got to focus. You got my sayings aren't just sayings. Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. Litecoin isn't the next Bitcoin. IOTA isn't the next Bitcoin. Ripple isn't the next. They are all flavors of the month. So, yeah. And then, of course, the glorification of trading. That the... um. The, the, the people with the, the, the most popular, uh, well, the most popular uh, content creators out there, whether it be on Twitter or YouTube or, or podcasts or whatever, are either they're traders or they're altcoins, or they talk about altcoins, okay? So that's another reason, you know, I'm not worried about my OPSEC, because even though I've been around for a while, most people will never find out who I am anyway. They, they'll never hear about Adam Meister, because most people are 80 percenters who want the next big shiny coin or want to know how to have want to know how to gamble. <clears throat> I mean, want to know how to trade. 
And so they'll never find me. So I will be a non. I, I mean, there's a certain level of anonymity that I will that I will will have in in terms of uh you know I won't become a, a super duper famous uh, person ever because I'm boring Bitcoin Adam. But boring Bitcoin, the tortoise freaking wins the race big time, dude. I mean, big time. I I, I mean, it's unbelievable. I'm retired, dudes. I mean, come on. I mean, it's, there's when you trade. You, I mean, there's no point. First of all, trades in the United States, and hardly anyone talks about it, it is a tax event. It triggers short-term capital gains taxes. So if you if you trade like 100 times a day for a, a, a month in a row, you've, I mean, you've got a tax nightmare going on. Why complicate things? Be the tortoise. Hold your Bitcoin. It isn't shiny and, and you can't, I mean, you can't, I mean, it, it's, not, it's not like craziness or anything like that. But in the long run, you'll be able to live any type of crazy lifestyle you want to if you just do the boring buy and hold. And that's what Craig Ship believes in and loves to, to retweet things about that with his, his buddy uh, Bree and everything. So, so, so follow him on Twitter and follow uh, Bree, uh, of course, too. Adam, real quick, I got to give you one example of why it's so early right now. Uh, you, you, you know, the, the, the guy that uh, calls himself Mr. Wonderful. Anyway, yeah. he's talking about putting watches, collectible watches on the blockchain. I mean, you know, it is so early. People that should know better are talking about all this silliness of, of how they're going to use, quote, blockchains. And you, you, you don't, you can't have more than one blockchain. It, it costs a tremendous amount of money to secure Bitcoin miners and all around the world, nobody is going to generate that much hash power to on some other blockchain, quote, blockchain. So therefore, by definition, none of them are going to be secure, even if they were decentralized. And so it's such a joke to be talking about all these other use cases for blockchain when nobody can afford to spin one up. So there's one, there's Bitcoin, it's powerful, it uses a ton of energy because that's what it takes to really be secure and decentralized. And so this just tells us that these people don't know this. It tells us how early it actually is. Um, yeah, it's, he, Mr. Wonderful is, uh, I don't think, I think he plays dumb on certain things too. Uh, that, that's another, we were talking about a game theory before. Some of these countries and people, their game theory is to like rag on Bitcoin so they can get it for cheaper. So sometimes, and someone mentioned Jamie Dimon. I'm still not convinced that Jamie Dimon doesn't own Bitcoin. I, I think part of his thing might be just to, to, to say it's horrible. So he, because people in his company buy it, his company is involved with it here and there. You know, it's such a mega company. Of course, they're going to be involved with it. Um, so yeah, you know, Mr. Wonderful is still saying things like, it sounds like he's coming out of 2016. But I mean, the bottom line is that why I, I'm going to stick with it not being super early is because we, you know, when Tesla, when MicroStrategy, they're taking a lot of Bitcoin off the market. So, I mean, there's a, uh, there's, there's an exclusivity factor here. There's a scarcity factor that was not involved, that we were not involved, that didn't happen, didn't, didn't occur back, back, you know, two years ago. There's not as much, you know, there is more Bitcoin being created every day at a slower pace every four years, of course. May the 2024 having get here soon. But uh, strong hand, 2024 having. Remember, don't sell. Um, but uh, no, there's there's definitely, uh, you know, that it's kosher for these corporations to buy it now. And so 
there's a lot of people that are getting beaten out by these corporations. So thus, it's not super early. There was a time, I used to say it all the time, you know, buy it right now, buy it before these corporations do. Buy it before these corporations do. I, I can't say that anymore because I could say before most corporations do, of course. I could still say buy it before this country does, although El Salvador claims that it is buying a Bitcoin first treasury. But, um, uh, you know, we are going to get to a point where major countries are going to announce they bought it for their treasury. And then, it, I mean, will you still be able to say it's early then? I mean, or will it be moderate then? I mean, I don't know what you'll be able to classify. But we, we, we're one day closer to, a, a you know, a bigger country than El Salvador making an announcement that they bought it for their treasury. But we're one day closer to that. And uh, so don't be the person that buys after that. Don't be the person that buys after, uh, you know, Greece has announced that they, 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 they're buying Bitcoin or that, uh, you know, France has announced that they, they, they are buying Bitcoin for, for their treasury. Somebody was raising their hand. Should I, should I, I, I get to pick people too? I, I am so yeah, unfamiliar. Yeah, go for it. Uh, good vibe. This, I hope I didn't skip anybody. I'm so sorry. Wait, how do I pick, pick good, good vibes. Speak. You, you were raising your hand. Yeah, hey, uh, hey, hey, sorry. I just want to ask you a quick question. Uh, your thoughts on, um. Uh, cold storage versus exchange, uh, where it keeps coins, obviously it's going to be cold storage, I believe. And then, like, is there a specific uh, uh, cold wallet you, uh, you think is the best? Yes. Do, do not keep it in an exchange. Do not keep it in a third party. The United States government can say you're an insurrectionist, a terrorist, or whatever. They go to that third party. Even Coinbase is insured. You know, you, people say me, tell me all the time, oh, Adam, you know, of course I keep it at Coinbase. It's insured. If they got hacked, they would pay me. And indeed, probably if they got hacked, they would pay you back. But also, if Joe Biden or Kamala Harris or whoever went to the Coinbase and said, you know, this Adam Meister dude, he's uh, he knew someone who was uh, picking their nose in front of the uh, Capitol on January 6th. He shouldn't be able to hold a, a, coin, a Bitcoin at Coinbase anymore. They would give it up to them in, in an instant. They would follow. So most people, but most people say, "Oh, I'm not a terrorist. I'm not this. I'm not that." I'm not. No, 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 no. You, you don't. You don't. These these corporations that are and, and Coinbase is a publicly traded company. They have to follow so many rules and regulations. So whatever the government tells them to do with any of their customers' holdings, they're going to do. So even the ones that are insured up the yin-yang and same with Gemini, whatever it might be, all these ones that put on all these happy faces and everything. And, you know, the CEO of, uh, of Coinbase, I like him. I like the CEO of Coinbase, Brian. I mean, he stood up to woke culture. But still, if he gets an order from the United States government saying you are holding money of a terrorist, they will give up that Bitcoin to the United States government. So no, please control your own private key. The other reason to control your own private key is when there are forks and airdrops, you get to collect Bitcoin. You you get or you get to collect whatever altcoin they're going to give you. Okay, I call them crypto dividends. Okay, and Coinbase is still involved in a lawsuit, I believe, where um, back in 2017, a, a, a fork of Bitcoin came out that was called Bitcoin Gold. I call it B Gold. And they never gave people their B-Gold. To this day, they never gave people their B-Gold. It's basically, it's not worth very much now. But at a time, it was worth 5% of a Bitcoin. So had people, got, for a little short time, people could have gotten that free um, free crypto dividend and turned it into Bitcoin. Um, most people out there do not understand that if you control your own private key, you get interest on your Bitcoin. Okay? Most people don't think it's a productive asset. 
it is a productive asset because of forks and airdrops. But if you're keeping your Bitcoin in a third party, most of them have it written into their policy. They will not give you the fork or the airdrop. They will not. They, they, and so they, you cannot sue them. So back in the day, Coinbase didn't have that written in or something. So that's why there was there was a lawsuit with that one. But uh, that's another reason you do not keep it at some third party because in the, in the fine print, you're not going to be able to get that airdrop. You're not going to be able to get that fork. Um, and is it easy to get the airdrops and the forks? Some No, sometimes it's very difficult. Sometimes with these airdrops, it's, it's quite easy though. And it's quite profitable. And uh, many people I know have done very, very well with these crypto dividends. So what what wallet do I like? I like the Trezor. The, I, I like the Trezor. I think the Trezor is the best. Um, the I, I've heard, you know, I, I, I played around with a lot of them. I played around with the, uh, for, the what's the other one called? Uh, the, the French one, the... Uh, uh, why can't I, I can't even think of its name right now. Uh, they, what did you say? Ledger. Yeah, Ledger. I don't know. I, I, I drew a blank for some reason. Um, the Ledger is good too, but I've gotten more complaints about the Ledger than the Trezor. I've had more people have heart attack moments with the Ledger than the, than with the Trezor. And, um, I, you know, I, I, I there's, there's, there's some old, ledgers that are really cool the h1w i think it was called it's i don't know if they even sell it anymore but it's it's kind of a, uh, there's fun things you can do with certain ones but the, the trezor uh in my if for, for your main squeeze i would have the trezor it's good to have more than one of these darn things though so when you get that heart attack moment um you know that you have someone on another one and if you if you don't know what the heart attack moment is um it's when you yeah. <laughs> yeah, you think you've lost everything, but you really haven't. You're not looking, or you're 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 requested to do something you've never had to do before, like uh, download some uh, new new uh, new what's it called? Uh, software onto the, it's not software; it's a firmware onto the onto the device. Uh, there could be some scary moments with this thing, and so you know to cut down on the scary moments, instead of having a uh, you know ten Bitcoin on all your 10 Bitcoin on one Trezor, you have it uh, split, you know, three on a Trezor, three on this ledger, four on this other Trezor or something like that. Um, so that, that's another recommendation. I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of darn money at this point. I mean, uh, you know, it, even if you own two Bitcoin, I've said, you know, why, right now it's over a hundred thousand dollars. You keep, you know, $60,000 here, $60,000 there. It, it's, <laughs> This is a one-time insurance policy. I want to remind everyone. Some people are like, oh, they're $150 or $100 or $200. It's a one-time insurance policy. How much a month do you pay on insurance on your house? I mean, it's over $100 now, I think. I don't own a house anymore, but when I owned a house, it was it was over $100 a month I would pay on in, in, in insurance. It's a one-time insurance plan. So spend, you know, $200, $300, $400 for a, a couple uh, or three or four devices. And that's it. That's your one-time insurance plan. And uh, so, yeah, that, that's I, I prefer tre Trezor over, over the others. And please, yeah, hard, hardware wallets over third parties, uh, you know, these trusted third parties any day of the week. If, uh, Bree, uh, I think you had your hand up. Yes, this is Brief Advanced. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> thank you, Adam, for all you do. Um, and everyone here on this base, I think everybody has their own insights and own great opinions. Um, but yeah, I think that Bitcoin has a great um, future. I mean, I think 
below a hundred thousand dollars it's a good enough discount um i think people just keep saying that it's too expensive or something and i'm like no just just buy now hold it um you're gonna probably thank all the guys like adam meister um like craig ship like um like corey um all these bitcoiners here um and michael sailors too of course um but yeah you, you guys should just um, I got a question for you. I, I want you to say by, well, by we, this is who I was talking about beforehand. She did the dance for for Michael Saylor. Was it the Michael Saylor one that went viral? Was that the one that went? Which one went viral? Yeah, yeah, Michael Saylor, um, Okay, so she's more than just a pretty face, dudes. Much more. She first of all, you're born in like 1999 or 2000. I'm It's something like that. You're, you're, yeah, 1999. You're so young, and so you are saying buy and hold. You don't have this impulsive mentality so you've been talking about this the buy and hold for, for, for quite some time here as a, as a person in their early freaking 20s there are very few people that, that can do something like that so this is not an age yeah, thing I'm either i'm not gonna mess with all coins or trading or any, or any of that crap <laughs> i'm just buying and holding so so no excuses for the young people who are like i gotta live the vita freaking loca she you know right now mo most people who are, are born around there they don't know savings savings account you know it was, it was my grandmother who, who passed away a year ago got bless her a blessed memory she knew savings accounts and like the modern world doesn't know about savings accounts bitcoin is the savings account for the freaking golden age and it is amazing that young people like brie actually can use it that way instead of gambling with it as, as most people do so i give you all the credit in the world and yeah people people check her out again there are few women in the space and that's just i mean just that's life um, but it happens more and more will join it and everyone, everyone can join, can be a, she is a freaking marketer of Bitcoin. We need more marketing people. Do not be intimidated to join this space. If you're not technically sophisticated, I cannot stress that enough because I think a lot of technically sophisticated people scare marketing people away. And thus we have a scarcity of marketing people and think that marketing is like a plague, it, you know, to, to do what she did and market it in a unique way. It woke people up. Everyone can contribute in their own way. And the beautiful thing is, if you don't like her dancing, you can't take away her Bitcoin. It is unconfiscatable. And so you, you bring a unique, uh, you, I say, you know, be a unique beast. Uh, Brie, you, you are definitely, definitely a unique beast. And since it's most of these guys here, they, they probably, so they would probably love to see you dance also in, in this stuff, but you're, you're much more than a dancer. You are a marketer and you got a really strong hand for someone who's born in 1999. And uh, savings account, that's another, someone asked what Bitcoin is. It is, a, it is a newfangled savings account for the golden age. Yeah, I just love promoting Bitcoin. Um, I've, I've gotten some more clothes with some Bitcoin on it and my logo. And I just I just love spreading the word about Bitcoin. And hopefully the young, the young generation can know about this yeah well you you're there to wake them up hopefully hopefully all right who's uh, who's oh we got a wait, wait is good vibes holding their hand up again yeah let's let me let me check that out oh, yeah just another quick question how much bitcoin do you think uh holding today in 2021 is enough for say a uh, individual five ten years down the road if that's how yes yeah. some, some people are gauging it yes uh, i would i have told people through the years Besides me saying these specific numbers here and there, you know, if you own 10, in 2015, I said, if you own 10 Bitcoin, you're part of the elite. 
And of course, if you owned it, that was a good idea. But the one thing that I've been consistent about is this. You've got to make a decision for yourself. And now because of inflation, I may have to alter this. But what I would say was you want to have a million dollars worth of Bitcoin. Decide for yourself, how much Bitcoin do I need to, to have a million dollars worth of Bitcoin? How much, how much do I need and, and when will that be? Now I would say, you know, decide, you know, what is, how many Bitcoin do I need to have $2 million worth of Bitcoin? Because the way inflation is going right now, a millionaire isn't a millionaire anymore. It, it's sad. I mean, to be, to be like an elite millionaire, like we used to think an elite, you're going to have to have at least like $2 million. So I just get into the mindset of saying like, let me, let me think for myself and make some calculations in my head. What is it going to take to have $2 million worth of Bitcoin? And when will that, when will that be? And, uh, you know, and, and, and how, how attainable is it? So it, it's like, and I can't, everyone's got a different, everyone's definitely got a different opinion on it right now. Um, and I don't know if Bitcoin, one Bitcoin will ever be a million dollars. Some people are going to say, well, I only need to buy one Bitcoin then because eventually one Bitcoin will be $2 million. Well, if that, if you believe that, then yeah, all you need is one freaking Bitcoin. But, um, some people might not, not believe that if you think, well, the best Bitcoin could be is, is a hundred thousand dollars and you need, you need 20 freaking Bitcoin. But, uh, I, I, I do know it's, it's, it's going to get to the six digit realm. It's, it's going to get to a hundred thousand dollars. But what I want to, what I want to warn people about is, you know, we're very happy that we got to this new all time high of $66,000. I wouldn't be surprised if the low of the next cycle is 66,000 that we drop to 66,000 and or 60,000 even. And people are going to be very panicky when that happens. It's like it might drop from like 150,000 or 300,000 to 60,000. A lot of people would be really depressed then, but just put it in perspective right now. Get ready for that. You're pretty darn happy that when it was 66,000 the other day. So get ready psychologically for it to, to get to be like 300, but it for it to drop back to 66. But again, uh, just, I guess, cal calculate on your own. Um, wh what, how many Bitcoin do you need to have $2 million worth of Bitcoin? And that's how many Bitcoin you need. Because I think if you have if you have two million dollars worth of Bitcoin, you, you're you're in pretty good darn shape, uh, no matter what. Uh, you got on the uh, two hundred ten thousand block theory. I got to talk about that. Well, wait, wait, wait. Let me let the Richard's holding his hand up. So let me let me let's get him. Okay, go no, no. Um, I just wanted to say, like, all the talk about the price and everything. The bottom line is this: you're new to Bitcoin. Bitcoin is your savings account. Yeah. If you work and you need money to put aside to save risk-free, Bitcoin is that asset. Fiat, pro, fiat money is programmed to debase. It is going to lose value. It is guaranteed to lose value. It will continue to lose value at a more rapid rate over the next decade. Bitcoin will increase in value because it's designed to do the opposite. It's programmed to do the opposite. It is the hardest money on earth. There is nothing... There's nothing better. There's no better asset to own. That's the bottom line. All this talk about facing the price, you know, you know, strong hands. If you just do the math and run the numbers, they have no choice but to print more money. And Bitcoin is your protection. Yep. So if you are working, the money you have set, set aside for yourself to save, put it in Bitcoin and keep putting it in Bitcoin. That's all there is to it.
Yeah, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. One Bitcoin equals one Bitcoin. It is, it, there's no point in having a bunch of fiat sitting in the bank getting 0.01% interest or whatever it is. It's insane because the inflation is destroying you um, right there. Another aspect of this is Bitcoin is a new paradigm. It, is, it, is, it has properties of money that we have never seen in human history. That is so under underspoken and it's, it is so underappreciated because it gets so much fun from the media. But there's a reason it keeps going up despite it being attacked by everybody who doesn't understand. Well, it's, it's, it's it is superior money. It is a superior financial asset. It is the digital form of money. As digital, uh, as, as you know, as social media has uh, digitized everything in your life, has as big tech has digitized everything, made things for them to make things cheaper and they cost more to you. Bitcoin is that balance that fixes that, that imbalance. Uh, you, you're uh, right to say that it is a new paradigm and that people don't talk about that aspect. But the reason they don't talk about that aspect is because it's it's an abstraction that many people cannot understand. Okay, we m most people just uh, they want their Dogecoin and you know smoke their weed. Okay, I mean so there's there's certain complexities that aren't going to be talked about. But yeah, I, I would agree with you that it is uh, the best money ever created and it is it is a new paradigm. But to to, to delve deep into that. Um, we could do that on this space or whatever with intelligent people around and everything, but the mainstream media is not. It should be state, though. You know, like when, when people, you know, they, we get in the, I hear these chats a lot and I listen to these spaces a lot and a lot of people talk about the price and they forget about the underlying, the underlying properties of what makes good money and Bitcoin is the superior money. That's really all there is to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you, the, the superiority aspect of it, um, you know, you, you could just leave it with uh, you know, all, all the fiats are going to be inflated out of existence, basically. And this one doesn't. This is this is a strict limit. It's it's the rule that the twenty one, and that's in May, one one of the attacks that Bitcoin is going to have on it, and, and you, you can see it coming a mile away. Is it, it's unfair that there are only going to be twenty one million of it. That's like the best part of it, okay? That was one of the reasons I was attracted to it in the beginning, that it couldn't be inflated. But there's... The, the monetary, monetary, mo modern monetary theorists will say deflation is bad. We can't have deflation. Yes, you can. You, you just can't have deflation in your... You can have deflation in your money. You just can't have deflation in your production. The, the, the MMT people, the, th the glorious thing about Bitcoin is that when the MMT people really gather up steam and say we need an MMT Bitcoin, they can just fork it off and see which one wins. And we'll get their free MMT Bitcoin, whatever it is, 42 million Bitcoin. Well, that's, that's yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. That That's that's fine. That's that's It's a free freaking market. And that's why it's a new – that's, that's part of the reason it's a new paradigm, that people could just create a new coin off of Bitcoin. And they can pretend it's Bitcoin, but it's not Bitcoin. The market will decide. And uh, yeah, let's continue, Richard. You're 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 a good dude. You got a lot of passion for this thing, man. No, but that's the correct that's the correct thing. Like all the altcoins are are they they are just modern monetary theory versions of crypto, like they're of Bitcoin. But they can't replicate the properties of Bitcoin. They can't replicate its network effects. They can't replicate how secure it is, how immutable it is, how nation states are adopting it, how you know. Big banks are seeing this, the, the thing. They're going to have to own this thing. You know, that, that, you know, anybody with wealth in the world is seeing their money lose value. 
and they can't just keep inflating real estate in different in different places on Earth. Like everybody on Earth needs property rights, and Bitcoin provides that. Yes, yeah. You, I mean, you've you've got a beautiful grasp of, of the situation here. So, yeah, I, I don't I don't care about. I I say one Bitcoin equals one Bitcoin on my show. I don't worry about the price. I don't. Um, I I I know it's always one day closer to an all time high anyway. And it's just I've been through this a lot. But again, most people, it is it is money. So one of the first things one one of the first things people are always going to ask about is always always going to be about definitely about the price and. Uh, well, 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 thank you much. So, um, you want me to talk about uh, John? You want me to bring out the uh, twenty-one? Yeah, I'll, I'll bring up the uh, two hundred ten thousand block theory here, real quick. Um, I, I was taught this uh, back in twenty eighteen. You can take any moment uh, in Bitcoin history, like right now, and subtract two hundred ten thousand blocks, which is roughly four years, or roughly, uh, or, or, or forty six months. That's even that's even better. And Bitcoin, the fiat price in terms of dollars is more uh, now than it was 46. You can pick any moment in time. And that the 210,000 block cycle is, you know, that that is the halving cycle. Every 210,000 blocks, um, Bitcoin, uh, the, the amount of new Bitcoin produced by the miners is, is cut in half. Uh, so it's, if and you're, not, if, if not you're. just that, Bitcoin miners are going public and they could borrow money at 0% interest. Mine more bit, buy more miners, mine more Bitcoin, yeah. and hold it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that that's part of the reason. But I, I just trying to keep it simple for everyone yeah, there. Because you're you're talking about the savings account, and this is what I want to say. You treat it as a two hundred ten thousand block savings account, based on the theory, based on what has been the precedent that has been set. So coincidentally enough, two hundred ten thousand blocks ago was when big famously in twenty seventeen when Bitcoin got real close to twenty. $1,000. So a lot of people were, were after that a crash after that, oh, it'll never get back to 20. Well, sure enough, 210,000 blocks later, we, we laugh at $20,000. So so what, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say here is if you buy Bitcoin now, don't be impulsive. Forget about it for 210,000 blocks. Forget about it for 46 months. Forget about it for four years. And if, if the pattern continues, you it will be worth more in terms of fiat in 210,000 blocks. That, so that's a 210,000 block theory. I want, And so you, everyone can go to CoinMarketCap and play this little game and, and pick any point in time in Bitcoin's history and subtract 210,000 blocks or add 210,000 blocks or you know, do it even rougher than that. You know, subtract four years, add four years, and you'll see it's, it's, worth, it's worth more four years later. Just so that, that's 210,000 block theory, which I, I do, do, do discuss on my show. Again, remember, people, I'm TechBalt on Twitter, T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T. You're seeing me at my other account right now, my, my Baltimore account, I guess. Uh, but uh, look up Adam Meister on YouTube. You watch my videos, uh, dis, disruptmeister.com if you don't know me. Uh, and, of course, I'm part of CoinBeast with John. So uh, and, and everybody over at Jonathan, everybody over there is doing great stuff at CoinBeast, trying to just spread the Bitcoin, the pure Bitcoin world, word over there at CoinBeast. They're really building a good thing up there in Canada, baby. Pound that like button. All right. Who, who else do we got here? Who else got a question? I, Matt, you had your hand up a while ago. I don't know if we had answered that question or if you um, if we've if we've moved on from the topic. No, no. I was just gonna. I think it's been covered, but 
I've got a few questions about, you know, the fiat currency itself, the financial system that we're in now, how, well, it's basically debasing my money and how it's inflating as much as it is now. You know, once the Bitcoin standard, you know, comes into fruition, how does that work in terms of, you know, Bitcoin having a cap? And I heard someone saying it's deflationary. Um, eventually, it will be deflationary. Um, a few questions I just want to ask is, you know, how does it work with the Bitcoin halving cycles? And also another thing as well, when nations start competing for mining power, you know, how is that going to go forward in the future um, with multiple nations competing for that mining power itself? And, you know, I've heard China has tried the 51 attacks and stuff like that. I'm unsure. Um, But, you know, I'm not really on the understanding side of all of that. Well, first of all, first of all, they already are competing for mining hash rate that's that's already happening um china made a big mistake banning it um and i think they're starting to see their mistake they thought that it would have a huge negative consequence on the price of bitcoin and it hasn't and i think they're seeing that um but the entire the 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 beauty of the game theory aspect of this is when nation states start competing bitcoiners win and it's almost an inevitable aspect how it happens during hyper-Bitcoinization, what, what the end result is, whether everybody's denominating their local sovereign inter-country currency as Bitcoin in stats, or whether they have their own sovereign independent currency within their nation that's backed by Bitcoin, doesn't change that fact. Um, as far as the, uh, as far as the, uh, the coin-based blocks, um, Luke, are you there? You want to answer that? The, the, the what was it? The Coinbase blocks. The having. Oh, the the having cycles. I'm not part this. I'm not part. You want to go over that? Because I think we were about to start talking about the two hundred and ten thousand. Well, yeah, uh, about in the Master, that kind of Matt asked about the having cycles. That's why I asked you. To... Yeah, if we just touch on the halving cycles, that'd be amazing, and then we can go into the 210 blocks. I just don't really understand the halving cycles themselves. So every 210,000 blocks, um, the reward of Bitcoin that's paid to the miners is cut in half. So the miners secure the network, and they batch all the transactions together into blocks every 10 minutes, and their fee that they get paid for um, putting those transactions into blocks gets cut in half every 210,000 blocks, which is about every four years. So for the first four years of Bitcoin, every single time a miner put a block onto the Bitcoin blockchain, which happens about every 10 minutes, those miners would get paid 50 Bitcoins for every block. And then 210,000 blocks later, or about four years later, that got cut in half. So that's the halving. So then miners were, instead of getting paid 50 Bitcoin each block, they got paid 25 Bitcoin. And the same thing happened 210,000 blocks after that in 2016. Um, The mining reward got cut down to 12.5. And the same thing happened again in 2020. That mining reward got cut down to 6.25 Bitcoin uh, per block that the miners added onto the Bitcoin blockchain. So does that create scarcity in the Bitcoin market itself? Because what I've heard, I heard down the line in another space that someone said that the difficulty of mining gets harder and harder as the cycles go by. 
I can take another stab if you want me to. Uh, essentially, the more hash power that joins the Bitcoin network, the higher the difficulty adjustment is. So essentially, somebody. So essentially, as the price of Bitcoin rises, more and more miners want to join the network and mine that Bitcoin because it's very, very profitable to mine the Bitcoin. So the mining power rises, and that means as the mining power rises and rises. That means the miners are mining blocks quicker than 10 minutes. So that kind of throws up a little bit of a spanner in the works um, because blocks should be produced every 10 minutes. But that's where Bitcoin has that magic uh, difficulty adjustment built into it. So every two weeks, there's another adjustment that goes on in the Bitcoin network, and that's the difficulty adjustment. So if miners, if lots of hash power joins the Bitcoin network and they're mining blocks faster than the 10 minute average that it should be uh, producing blocks at, the difficulty adjustment will actually rise up higher, making it harder for miners to find the blocks. And that's where you get that average uh, 10 minute block time for Bitcoin. It's only an average, so it varies, it, it fluctuates a lot. Um, it should be noted that like, this is just the layer one you know, monetary policy of how Bitcoin works. So, like, if a country decides to adopt it, like El Salvador or even another country, they could build their own inner network and use the Bitcoin they have and program it to set up their own little wallets, you know, and connect it to the layer one network. So, like, this is just the the beginning. It's just a base layer protocol. So, what what is layer one, layer two, layer three? When people make these references to layers, what what exactly does that mean? Um, And I'll – let me – take a stab here with, uh, you know, the great guy Swan um, explained this to me really well. He said that um, layer one is the internet, is what the internet is. So, you know, the, the, um, H, uh, you know, with the, the TCPIP. Yeah, TCPIP. Thank you, because <laughs> I've had a couple beers, so I'm sitting here, I'm like, wait a minute, HTTC something. Um, yeah, no, so the TCPIP, <laughs> is um, the base layer of the internet, and that is what everything is built upon. So you don't go to multiple internets. Um, You go to the internet. Um, On top of that, email is a second layer. Um, And, you know, like a a web browser is Internet Explorer, Safari, you know, Brave or, you know, Chrome, whatever you use, that's another layer on top. And then third third layers would be kind of considered like, your, your home or your office network that connects to the internet, but you have uh, internet network that shares files together. So as all these layers are getting added, surely that makes all of these other projects and coins irrelevant because, you know, with the development of Lightning, it really, from what I can see, it makes a lot of other coins irrelevant. Is that sort of what, what you mean when you say layers as well? Yes, it, it, like this is what people don't understand about Bitcoin, that it's programmable money. That, you know, once all the Bitcoin is mined, it's not over. Like, it doesn't stop working. You know, it, it just, it, it uh, evolves into a, a much wider, more dynamic system where, you know, different, different Bitcoins are, different, are being exchanged on different layers. And it, it becomes an entire global ecosystem. But, you know, it's all based on the base layer of, of mining and the layer one security of that, of the entire network, which, which kicks off the foundation for it. So unlike um, 
Ethereum because I've heard Ethereum did what's called a hard fork and they don't allow you to go back on previous versions of Ethereum itself. Um, is that a possibility with Bitcoin or is that something that would have to be a vote for the majority to hard fork something like Bitcoin? You can hard fork Bitcoin, but like it, everybody wouldn't go along with it. So like um, when Ethereum did a hard fork to reverse the DAO attack, they they forced everybody to go along with it by the you know telling making all the nodes that you know the majority of the nodes on the network go with the fork that they created to reverse the hack. If that makes sense. And so that's a surefire sign. If something's being hard forked, it's not really decentralized. Correct. If something can, if you can hard fork a network and force everybody to go along with it, you're not decentralized. And all this stuff that doesn't run on proof of work is not decentralized. Proof of work was the foundation, the, the discovery of Bitcoin that uh, created the consensus mechanism to allow to keep it decentralized and the you know to determine which transactions get approved and which don't. Proof of work is the discovery that allowed that to happen in a decentralized manner without it, with everybody's consensus aligning correctly. So like, well, you've got my follow now, mate. What's that? You got my follow now. You you really explain things quite uh, clearly. And like, so when you think about proof of stake, you know, Ethereum wants to stick to proof of you switch to proof of stake. Well, that just means they want to become more of a fiat system, you know, where the you know the biggest bag holders are the ones who make the rules of the network. Bitcoin's rules are. Uh, are, are enforced by the nodes and anybody can run a node. There's 10,000 nodes running out around the world. You can set one so, up right now with a pie, you know, a Raspberry Pi in your house. So what you're saying is if I was to run a node, I basically get a vote in what happens to Bitcoin itself, unlike a centralized fiat currency? Correct. You're using Bitcoin the way it's designed to be used and you're empowering yourself, you know, you're empowering yourself at the highest level you can in, within the Bitcoin network, you are giving yourself the vote that everybody. So that's why all Bitcoiners are saying run a node. You know, it's you know that's how you're truly participating in the network. Well, so Richard, I've noted our Salvador has adopted. Um, sorry, man. Um, Bitcoin. I'm just wondering because I haven't kept updated on it. So I'm pretty sure 11 people have adopted it. How how are they using that now? How are they actually using Bitcoin and transacting it and buying things like I, I like to call El Salvador a testing ground for Bitcoin really so I, I just not really sure on how they're actually using it there well they're using it on layer two lightning for the for the most part you know when they gave out the thirty dollars of Bitcoin to their to their citizens they 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 created a wallet and it was a lightning wallet you know it uses layer two um, so their citizens can transact quicker more rapidly you know while layer two is, you know, is still in like layer two lightning is still in full development. And there's 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 kinks to be worked out. Like El Salvador is the, the, you know, an ideal testing ground for you know trial and error and fixing things on the lightning network, you know, that we've ever seen. So it's it's basically a, a testing of using it as a as a currency, you know, as, rather than a store of value, just a store of value, and you know it. A, a, a savings technology. Right, so, so they made it legal tender there, but, you know, they could be using a different wallet, so they can be using Stripe too or whatever. 
um, or some other hot wallet or whatever that, you know, uses the Lightning Network. But, um, you know, so they were given $30 to use this wallet, you know, which is great, or whatever, I mean, or whatever. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's being used. You look at Nigeria, you look at other countries that, that they're actually using it out of necessity, right? Um, so it is being used. You just A lot of people don't know. Yeah, so, like, what he's saying is, like, if you're in El Salvador and you download the government Chavo Chavo wallet, you know, um, you can, and you have Bitcoin on that Lightning wallet, you can send it to another Lightning wallet if you want. You know, you can send it wherever you want. You don't have to keep it on their government wallet. Yeah. Isn't that kind of big that a whole nation has taken on um, Bitcoin already? Um, The way I see it is if... Stuff like that sort of happening, just like when the internet first came out and the 1% knew about it before it exploded, I think. You know, looking at El Salvador and how that's going and how, you know, mining attacks or any ban of Bitcoin has failed in history so far, seems to me like uh, an internet 1% situation at the moment. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're crushing it. Uh, with your understanding there, because it, it really is. I mean, <clears throat> as far as the game theory goes, I mean, you know, other countries are going to start going after it. Um, you know, when like, uh, uh, this isn't my brain. This was from Preston Pish and uh, many other people I've heard talk about how um, they're in a race to debate their currency faster than the other ones. Um, so all these countries are competing to get out now you have countries like el salvador who get like very poor treatment from the imf um and you know jack mahler's had a great line jack mahler's with the strike um who's basically facilitating the lightning network down in el salvador he said you know all these people in el salvador operating on the dollar you know that was their currency was the dollar but whenever the the uh, stimulus checks went out none of them came down to el salvador so their currency got devalued to shit, and it didn't benefit them in any way. You know, I mean, it still sucks for the people in the U.S. to have these stimulus payments going out and money printing, but at least they got that money, you know. Um, so a lot of these countries that are basically stuck on the dollar, they could be like, you know what, like, I'm, I'm sick of you dicking me around, and, and I'm done. I'll, I'm going to adopt Bitcoin, and we're out. And there's 66 countries around the world right now that have been dollarized. And like, I remember Michael Saylor saying that like, if you if you've been dollarized, that means your currency is dead. It's been inflated out of existence, and you're dead. And they're basically you're on you're on life support on a ventilator, and they're just pumping you full of blood. Like that, it, 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 that's that's the situation they're in. It's they're hopeless. It's like when the government here kind of nationalizes things I think. <laughs> in a way yes like kind of yeah i just thought yeah but yeah sorry go ahead i think adam um really likes whenever the government steps in and nationalizes <laughs> yeah lovely lovely <laughs> no I, I will say you know if we're gonna talk about dollarization and it being uh you're dead already I, I got to say that the countries that are dollarized uh, are in better situations than like the Venezuelas of the world. Uh, it, it's, it's better to be. Are. The huh? reason they're not is because they don't get any of the incentives of the money printing. 
we, they're the furthest away from it. Yeah. So every time the U.S. prints three trillion dollars for an infrastructure plan, I understand. I understand what you're saying, but it's the, these other these other countries are basing their their currencies off of completely thin air, completely yes, this, nothing. This is the reason you have so much immigration in the United yes. States. Yes. Yes. Because they're they're forced to come here, and we're almost forced to let them here because we're we're you know we're crushing them as their dollar out. You, you know. You you are very smart to notice that that immigration calls right there. That is, uh, it's amazing. That's how, that's why we get to live so comfortably. I mean, we we have these these people. All the people doing the dirty jobs right now are immigrants. I, I see no native borns doing dirty dirty jobs anymore. It's it's unbelievable. So that that is a benefit of being the uh, world reserve uh, currency here. Everybody. Uh, Everybody is coming here uh, for for the benefits of it all. Um, well, okay. What else were we gonna? Is anybody else got their hands up? I like uh, seeing that Jim Morrison picture there. By the way, good, good, uh, good, 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 good picture there. You're you're up in you're up in Canada. I uh, I uh, I assume you you said something about Canada. Uh, I think. Uh, all right. Uh, what else do we have? Is, is somebody wanted me to say something or uh, any other questions? Well, we did want to bring up the ETF too. I mean, what do you think of? Oh the my ETF lord! All right, here's my 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 take on the ETF. Uh, obviously, this is something we've been waiting for for so long, so that it sort of happened. It's not even a real. It's a futures ETF. Um, that it happened. It's great. We got there. A lot of people, a lot of normies, are going to feel feel a lot more comfortable with Bitcoin now. So okay, that's a positive. They were the ones that have been missing out. If they needed a freaking fake ETF, because it's not even a real one, uh, it's because it's a futures ETF, to make themselves feel comfortable and finally buy Bitcoin, great. We beat them to the punch. And so more people will feel comfortable with the Bitcoin space because of it. But dude, own the underlying asset. Why? The, I know people can buy it through their uh, 401ks and that's why they love it so much. But it's all about controlling your private key and... Um, you know, owning the underlying asset. We have all these people complaining for years and years, paper, gold, this, paper, this, paper, that. Bitcoin is the one thing out there you know when you freaking own it, okay? And, all right? You own it. You can easily buy it and, and move it around. Gold, you know when you own it too, but you can't easily move it around and, 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 and buy it and everything like that. So this is just another complication to distract people. I want no... I, I want nothing to do. I personally will, ne of course, never buy it. I only want the underlying asset. So again, I everyone is welcome in this space. Everyone is willing to, everyone can try to financialize Bitcoin as much as they want to. That's really a, a government thing because the, you know, the government defines what's a security, what's an ETF, who has permission to do it. Obviously, they had some friends at, at this company that they felt now comfortable th that were allowed to, to make money off of Bitcoin this way. Great. Don't wait for there to be a real ETF, people. Don't wait for the government to say it's kosher. Just get the underlying freaking asset. So I am pleased that there is a fake ETF. And I'll be even more pleased when there's a real ETF because I, I own the real thing and it's it's going to help the value of the real thing. The funny part is they're not going to gonna wait until the end of 2022 to approve a I, you know, I, I don't know, but it's all, it's, it's good. It's mark, it's free marketing for Bitcoin too. It's, it's marketing for the normies, but I, I, I don't know when they're going to do a real one. I wouldn't hold my breath people. I would not, I definitely would not hold my breath uh, uh, for a real one. I mean, it's just, it's on the whims of the government officials. It's so, 
Bitcoin does not have to worry about the whims of government officials. If you, if you, if you, if you, if you're worrying about the whims of government officials, you probably don't own Bitcoin like you should really own it. Um, you know, controlling your private key. So that's that's my that's my take on the ETF. And uh, yeah, whatever people can do with it. People can pretend they own Bitcoin and financialize it as much as they want to. Just don't get distracted. Own the underlying. And by the way, you don't need a 401k or an IRA, a 401k. I got rid of my little retirement account in 2014. Or, uh, yeah, and I turned into Bitcoin back then. So, I've, and, and people, oh, you're getting penalized. You, you're not 75 yet. Yeah, great. It was like $400 then. I did damn well. Okay. You, you can also, you can also, you, you know, you can use something like Unchained Capital, which allows you to keep your own keys, open an IRA. You know, get the tax advantages of an IRA and hold your own Bitcoin. Yeah. If you wanted to. Again, I I love to keep I'm it simple. Saying, I love just just I mean, those are the financial future technologies that are available with Bitcoin. Like, like it, it doesn't it, Bitcoin doesn't have to eliminate all the need for finance and credit. You know, but it just makes it a fair system for the entire world, and it's open to everybody. I I, I agree with that too. Too I like totally do that if you want to but like you know baltimore saying here like nothing's like holding the underlying asset too also you don't know how you know tax laws are going to be in you know five ten twenty years too you know like that money is locked up for a reason to get you know certain tax benefits yeah and people are you do control i know it but like i'm with baltimore it's like fuck i'd rather hold it well people people talk about opsec before too if you you know you write you're you're on a list then that you had a Bitcoin four hundred one k you can own you can own the underlying anonymously if you want to so I mean that that's a different yeah, discussion. Two, 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 three, three. If you get if you get if you own the underlying and you hold your own keys and your country starts you know you see it coming that your country is going to start treating you badly because of it you can go to another you can take your keys with you in your head and go to another country where you're treated better and it forces governments to have to compete. For your 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 work to compete for your wealth. So like yeah, I mean, that's why I didn't feel I went. What? I was just gonna say, I mean, I went. You know, I cashed out four hundred one k's and everything in spring of twenty twenty, and I was like, I don't give a shit about taking a haircut because you know yeah. it's gonna obviously be better here. I'd rather control my own destiny. Um, you know, and at this point, like you know, with you know, I, I mean, I. I love where I live. I don't want to move, but I keep saying that I'm a free agent. Like I'll go, I will go wherever I'm going to take my family, wherever freedom rings. Um, you know, what happened in America, I've said this multiple times, what happened on July 4th, 1776 was something I believe that was ever supposed to happen in the history of the world as far as the elites are concerned. And that is a genie that cannot be put back in the bottle. The freedom genie that has been that has been released onto the world and so it might i love america i, I love what america stands for it might not always be in this physical geographic location but i will go where it, where that idea of america still exists and with bitcoin in my hands or in my brain i can i can go there and do bitcoin that bitcoin empowers that idea to its fullest extent it gives you financial freedom uh, you know, talking about worrying about cashing out your 401k, um, I, I'd say you did a, a great thing because, uh, you know, you, you bought Bitcoin with it. It's you know, done quite well since then. But remember, people who feel safe with their traditional 401k, they want to wait till they're 75. They can always do a, a, a bail in. The United States government could change things and say, 
we're going to do a bail-in with people's 401ks. They're the rich. So, you know, they're, they're vilifying the rich right now. You know, we're just going to tax the billionaires. We're, well, eventually, well, we're just going to tra- tax the wealthy 401k holders. So all you're waiting till you're 75, they might do a 20% uh, bail-in with your 401k. Uh, so there's, you know, I, I know it is kind of a little scary for people to get rid of something they thought they were going to keep until they were 75 that they think is guaranteed. It's not guaranteed. It, it definitely is not guaranteed. Uh, to not be involved in some bail-in one day. It's the fiat derivative and programs in Bakuni base. Yes. All right. Uh, any other uh, questions or statements here from anybody? Anyone? Any? Uh, at the end of the day, so, I mean, I was going to say, at the end of the day, even with an ETF, I mean, you could argue that ETF is a better way to, to store your Bitcoin, you know, versus grayscale. But at the end of the day, there's still counterparty risk. Tremendous, yeah. Uh, uh, but you say that gray that 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 uh, that it's better than than a uh, than grayscale that a uh, that ETF is better than grayscale. Grayscale wants to convert their thing into an ETF ASAP. They they would do it in in a second. Um, so uh, I I don't know if great what, what what's better than the other. The underlying is the other. I don't try to. I, I I'm not in. Grayscale wants to convert theirs into a spot ETF. Yeah, they. Yeah, yeah, they want they want this the best type of ETF. They want it right now, and uh, but and they'll get it eventually. We're one day closer to that. But I don't again. I, I don't play around with that. Just uh, own own the real thing. Can't beat the real thing, as they used to say. Corey, you're about to. I thought Corey's going to say something. Well, I, I'm 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 out of I'm out of topics here. Anyone else? Another point on that. Another point on the futures ETF, like they're they're using it to track the price of Bitcoin. So like they're buying futures contracts, you know, to try to track the price of Bitcoin. And then there's a whole bunch of fees involved. So like if you're buying ETF and say Bitcoin get, produces a uh, 150% return over the next year, well, the ETF you know that you bought is not going to get that return. Yeah, it, it's it's a it's a weird little game. I, I <laughs> it's a fight. It's a weird little traditional financial game. I don't. I have no business. Right. No. Financialization of Bitcoin is, is, is probably the right word for it that yeah. you used before. Yeah. yeah. All right. And anyone else? <laughs>